Principal Matters podcast encore episode. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about Teach Like Me in an encore episode from an interview that I did in 2017 with Sean Sheehan. It was more than a year ago when I sat down with Sean, who was the Oklahoma 2016 Teacher of the Year, when we talked about a failed attempt that he had made to win a state Senate seat in Oklahoma. And in that conversation, we talked about his lessons in failure from other situations he had encountered. We talked about the nobility of teaching, and we talked about the importance of school leaders empowering teachers. This school year, Sean is a teacher in Texas, and his story of leaving Oklahoma for higher pay has been shared on the state and the national stage. This week, on March 20th, 2018, the New York Times ran an article, Their Pay Has Stood Still, Now Oklahoma Teachers Could Be the Next to Walk. As the nation is watching my state respond to an impending teacher work stoppage, I thought it might be helpful to listen to a conversation from the past. Very few people have advocated as much as Sean Sheehan for the support of teachers in my state. And his conversation reminds me of some really important takeaways when you're advocating or messaging for your schools. Here are four. Number one, you cannot let failure define you and you cannot give up hope on a better tomorrow. Number two, you cannot let lack of support keep you from encouraging others to still love teaching. Number three, you must wear two hats as an educator, the hat of an instructor and the hat of an advocate. And number four, principals must empower their teachers by allowing them to take risks and dream big. I hope you enjoy this replay of that conversation from more than a year ago. And I hope it's a good reminder of why Oklahoma needs support in stopping its crisis, statewide teacher shortages. And I hope for those of you outside of Oklahoma, that it's a reminder of how important your advocacy is for your schools, because all of us need to be reminded that we need to keep up the good fight in attracting and retaining highly qualified teachers for our schools. And our topic today is going to be about teach like me, lessons in risk, failure, and wow is what I call it. Sean is a specialized education algebra one teacher at Norman High School here in Oklahoma. As the 2016 Oklahoma Teacher of the Year, he was also a finalist for National Teacher of the Year. He is also the founder of the Teach Like Me campaign, which he'll tell you more about here in just a moment. But Sean earned his Bachelor's of Arts in Journalism at Arizona State University, his Master's in Special Ed at the University of Oklahoma. You can find him at seansheehan.com, S-H-A-W-N-S-H-E-E-H-A-N.com, or Twitter at S-P Sheehan. Sean, I want to welcome you to Principal Matters, and I want to give you a chance to fill in the gaps. Tell us a little bit more about your personal life and uh, who you are. Well, you you covered most of it, and thanks for having me. Uh, I am a new father. I've got a four-week-old baby girl right now, so uh, that's, that's been quite the experience. And I just started year six of teaching algebra one. I did switch over for the first five years. I was a special education teacher this year. I switched over to gen ed so I could run for state office. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit later in our uh, interview about your 
run for office um, because that's a very interesting story. And you shared some lessons about that in the keynote that I heard you do recently uh, for the K-20 Center at the University of Oklahoma. Um, But I want to ask you this question. Um, I heard you in your keynote talk a lot about lessons that you've been learning through failure. And you're someone who's experienced a lot of success as an educator, and you've been celebrated on the state and national stage for that success, and your students have benefited from your successes. But this morning, when I heard you speaking, you were talking also about how failures have helped you refocus on priorities. And so, uh, could you could you go there for a minute with us? Yeah, so nine o'clock last night, I was starting in with my default speech about just kind of boosting teacher morale, and it hit me. I wanted to take it in a very different direction. I wanted to start by talking about my failures, because as you said, most folks know me as a fairly accomplished person, uh, but that took a lot of hard work and it took a lot of failures before that. And so uh, I opened up today's presentation talking about some big life events. I talked about, uh, I was given up for adoption uh, days after I was born. I was unable to commission into the U.S. Air Force and I, I made a good run for National Teacher of the Year, but I, I lost that to another much well-deserving teacher for sure. And uh, I recently ran for state Senate and secured only 38% of the vote here in Norman. So failure has, has really shaped um, my, my outlook on education. Like, I feel like I'm 80 years old after all the wisdom I've gained in this last year running for office. And, and my perspective on what we're doing in education has, has grown immensely. Let's let's stay on the topic for just a moment because one of the um, one of the ways that you are encouraging teachers to look at the challenges of their uh, of of the work that they do because we know that that there's nothing like education when it comes to a job that is as rewarding and challenging at the same time and um, one of the ways that you've been trying to encourage teachers in working through the challenges while keeping perspective is through the campaign that you've been doing called Teach Like Me. Share that story with us. And why um, why are you um, so passionate about this campaign? So I had initially started talking about failures because I wanted folks to understand that uh, I'm just like them. And I come from a place where uh, it's so easy to get weighed down in the negativity in the work that we do. And uh, in 2013, I was in the teacher's lounge and I had overheard a colleague on the phone with her her son discourage him from teaching. She said, don't do this job. The pay is too low. You won't be respected. And you're smart enough to do something else. And, uh, and I sat there silently eating my sandwich. And I, I was thinking to myself, that's a terrible sales pitch. Like my dad was in the Air Force and he never told me, son, don't do this job. Uh, remember all those times I was deployed in Operation Desert Storm and all the, the bad things I told you about? No, he, he always told me about serving my community and focusing on the positive. And so I wanted to tap into those same core value, the values that military service members have and instill them in educators. And so we needed a PR overhaul. And I literally wanted a way for teachers to say the three words, teach like me, not teach like Sean for the listeners. That's super arrogant. What I mean is uh, if you teach second grade and still water, own it, be proud of it. And, and, and post positively on social media, uh, we've got to balance the negativity and balance those those headlines that we see on the news at five o'clock PM about uh, all the challenges that education faces, which to be clear is not about being naive to those challenges. Not at all, not by a long shot. It's about being intentional, about being positive, about what's, what's good in the work that we do, because that story needs to get out just as much, if not more so as those, uh, those stories about budget cuts and, and positions being cut from our districts. I love that. And you were showing, and, and I'll be glad to link to this on this uh, 
the blog post that accompanies this podcast, I, I'm going to would love to link to some of the video clips that you showed earlier today where teachers are being showcased speaking directly to the, to an audience saying why they love their job, um, why, how they inspire students and, and how they want others to be like them, to teach like me. And so, um, this is something that's really dear to my own heart, Sean, because I've been working on a book this last year that's, uh, that is uh, dated for publication in 2017. Uh, and it's, it's a book for school leaders about the power of positive communication with your school, your students, your parents, and the world. Because I believe there's no one who can be a better public relations platform for their schools than educators. And like you said, um, we've, we've had an initiative at my school this year called the um, Good Deeds Award, where my kids are on a daily basis being rewarded for just positive things they're doing throughout the day. And one of my student council members came to our last school board meeting and she stood up and presented why they're doing this Good Deeds Award because it's been student driven. Um, they said, we want to be able, we know that as a school board, you hear a lot of negatives. We want to drown the negativity with the positives that are happening in our school every day. And I just had to celebrate at that moment. And when you were talking about Teach Like Me, uh, the, 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 the momentum that could be built, not just here in Oklahoma or through the places that you've touched on the, on the national stage, but if you could, if we could combine all those efforts that are happening in the, all the public schools or private schools or charter schools, but those who have devoted their lives to education across this nation and the world, uh, it's, it's a powerful thing to think about. I want to ask you also, um, you know, you just went through a really, really tough political season. And so for my Oklahoma listeners, uh, they're familiar with your story and they're also familiar with what it feels like to be in a state where they have felt such lack of support from their state legislators. Uh, and right now, this is a really tough time for Oklahomans. And a lot of educators are looking outside the state, uh, asking themselves, should I consider going somewhere else? And I think we've all asked ourselves those same questions when, we're, when we feel disrespected as, uh, as, as education professionals. But what advice would you have for educators right now who are facing these tougher days uh, politically? Well, for, for our educators out there, know that you're not alone. If you're feeling exhausted, despondent, frustrated, angry, all of the above, know that your teacher colleagues feel the same way. And so I hope you find some sort of comfort, not that we're all miserable together, but that uh, you're not alone and that um, we, we wear two hats. We really do. We wear our educator hat and we wear our educator activist hat or our advocate hat. And I think a lot of educators out there think that those two hats can't coexist, that you're either one or the other. You're either an outspoken union card-carrying proud member, or you're just a stellar teacher who wants to just let me teach and close the door. And and my, my pitch to all the listeners out there is you can wear both. There's just a time and place for both. When you've got kids in front of you, you most certainly need to be the best educator that you can be. And in, in your conversations about low salary and, and state questions and all those sorts of things have no place in the classroom. Now, go home and put on your advocate hat. You should be contacting your legislators. You should be getting involved in politics in a way that makes sense to you. So let me be clear. That doesn't mean um, you need to be carrying a picket sign out in front of your school. Now, if that's the way you want to approach it, by all means do it and and good luck to you. Um, and we, we've had rallies here at our state capitol here in Oklahoma uh, in the last few years. Now, it's questionable as to how successful they were. But um, what I mean is there's not a one-size-fits-all for education advocacy. And for me, uh, getting involved in, in the educator 
education political spectrum was through social media. That was the thing that I knew how to do. That's what I'm good at. That's what I can control. And that's where Teach Like Me came in. You weren't going to find me knocking doors at the state capitol asking for meetings and appointments with my legislators because that wasn't comfortable to me at the time. Um, I think if you, that, that's your entry, entry point. If you find a way to get involved in a way that makes sense to you, whether it's writing letters or emails or making signs or starting rallies, um, enter in that way, do some amount of digging. And I find, I bet you'll find that you'll grow as an individual and then it'll start leading to other opportunities. So for me, uh, that was running for state office. Never in, in my lifetime would I have ever thought that I would have run for office, but it came after being selected as Oklahoma's teacher of the year when I did some digging and I'm saying, well, who's, who's making these decisions that are causing so much frustration and this, this lack of value in our profession. And you, you figure it wasn't the, it wasn't the principal. It wasn't the state, the, the superintendent or even the state superintendent. Oh, it's the legislators. The legislators are the ones who are making those, those, um, calling the shots. And for me, it was, okay, if you guys are not going to do your job, then I want to challenge you for your seat. Uh, I wasn't effective at that. Um, I didn't win my election, but I was proud to be a part of that conversation. I was proud that I earned 12,000 votes in my city, in my district, and that I had 12,000 more than that, probably, uh, face-to-face interactions with voters about why they needed to invest in public ed. And that was a game changer. Um, so in summary, for, for all the educators out there, how do you get involved? Get involved in a way that makes sense to you. It doesn't have to be anything over the top or extravagant. It can be as simple as sending an email to your local congressman. But know that you cannot opt out of this conversation. Our kids need you to have these conversations after school. Well, on behalf of educators in Oklahoma, Sean, I just want to say thank you for the way that you've advocated for our first our students and for the the personal sacrifices that you've made, the um, the social sacrifices that you've made, because it's uh, it, it's it's a very very difficult thing to run for political office. Um, and I know when doors shut in one area, that means they're going to open in others. And uh, and thank you for still serving students, because I know you've been doing all of that while teaching at the same time, which is fantastic. Well, I want to wrap this conversation up by transitioning to a question f- from a practicing teacher to practicing school, other school leaders. A lot of the listeners from Principal Matters are fellow principals or aspiring leaders or superintendents or educational leaders here in Oklahoma and around the nation. And as someone who's spent so much time in the classroom and then advocating for teachers across the nation, what are, um, if you could speak to principals and education leaders directly about how they could better support teachers or better support students in their own schools or organizations, um, what advice would you give them? I've got two simple pieces of advice. First is uh, we talked about education advocacy. Uh, that's a hat that administrators, I feel, are better suited to wear. Um, educators only get a piece of the puzzle. And I know this because I've had the luxury of being able to zoom out. You know, you say, why do we do this? Why do we do this? It seems foolish. Uh, and and the administrator is the one who has that kind of thousand foot view Uh, looking down saying, okay, well, this actually is why we do this. But uh, I agree with you. Maybe in this part, it's redundant. So um, I I would make the ask of administrators that you continue to fight for what our public schools need. And you guys know what that is. And I know I'm not saying anything new, um, but just a a friendly reminder that your teachers depend on you. We need you. And we need you, especially uh, this year as we enter with our new new legislators, both at the national level and, and local level. And the second bit of advice would be to 
Well, I want to say, you know, in my presentation this morning, I asked the question of the audience, uh, specifically to educator. So I said, whose approval are you waiting for uh, to change things? And I meant that not in a way of like, well, just just ditch the curriculum, do whatever you want. That's not at all what I mean. What I mean is um, if if you know that things can be done in a better way, uh, take a chance. As long as it's not harmful to students, harmful to your community and your parents, take a chance on it. So prime example, uh, two years ago, my colleagues and I made the decision to flip the classroom. Uh, we had over, we had seen a, a presentation on it at OCTM and, and Stillwater. An AP Calc teacher from Edmond presented the flip classroom. And I thought, that's, that's really neat. I'd like to take, not all of that, but I'd like to take parts of that and implement it with my struggling learners in Algebra 1. Uh, we spent the summer, we shot a couple of videos, we made some new uh, video study guides, all that sort of thing. And we had the finished product and we, we just went ahead with it before we pitched it to our administrator because we wanted to have the, the final product, product to say, here's what exactly what it will look like. Not an idea. Well, we kind of want to do this and we might find time on Saturday to, to shoot the videos. No, we had everything all ready to go. And so, um, when they, when, when the response from our administrator was excellent, let's take it and run with it, uh, was made. That was first, it, we, we breathed a sigh of relief that we didn't had we hadn't done all that work for naught. And two, it was nice to know that they were willing to take that chance with us. It, it wasn't as if, um, we were taking the chance and we had all the risk, uh, to worry about. The administrator got on board with us and said, yeah, let's do it. Because he knew if, it failed. If this whole flip classroom idea just failed, crashed and burned, the kids didn't respond, test scores went down, we could always go right back to doing what we had done before, which was the typical way you learn math. Um, I've got data to back up that the, the technically what we did was called blended classroom. Uh, flipped by definition is instruction is in videos assigned for homework. For us, we just show short video clips to introduce concepts uh, in algebra. And we've had higher test score. We have data to back up that it's working for our kids. And the thing that I can't measure, but I can just tell you, Will, is that our kids get it. They like math and they understand that math is no longer, in their perception, math is not reserved for engineers and architects. It is a thing that I will do as an adult or even as a working teenager um, in my community. So the bottom line, my ask of administrators would be um, also ask that question to your educators. Whose approval are you waiting for? That's what I mean to say. And that's that I think that'll encourage your educators to start thinking outside the box because most oftentimes the educators who's the educator whose approval they're waiting for is their very own. I was that teacher. Uh, I didn't know what I was waiting for to create a social media campaign to boost teacher morale. I, I thought you had to go through uh, my department chair and principal and superintendent when reality is no. I mean, if it's good for kids, if it's good for this community, your administrators want you to take it and run with it. And, and, and so we always appreciate administrator support like that. That's fantastic, Sean. And also, you know, just from a personal application, um, as a school leader who also blogs and also does podcasting and does social media interactions, um, one of the um, one of the thoughts that often goes through my mind when I'm thinking about issues that I think are important, priorities that I wish were being emphasized, is why am I waiting for someone else to do it? Because if there's platforms like this one, or if there's platforms where I can self-publish something or get something out there uh, to a wider audience, then who am I waiting for? Uh, it's got to be me taking that action. And so whether that's in teaching or whether that's in school leadership or whether that's in life, when we're willing to take those risks and we stop looking for someone's approval to do it, 
um, then it opens up other doors uh, for us to, to have more influence and have a larger voice. So again, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time to visit with Principal Matters listeners. How can people connect with you uh, and where can they find you? And if they want to follow up later and, and, and be a part of, of the campaign that you're a part of. Mention my personal website at the start of this, seansheehan.com. Also, uh, keep up with the Teach Like Me campaign at teachlikeme.org. And just search Teach Like Me on all your favorite social media platforms. You'll find us. I look forward to connecting with everyone out there. 